I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. Ready to get 30, 30, ready to get 30, ready to get 20, 20, 20, ready to get 20, 20, ready to get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month. So give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. What three wrestling matches would you watch if you were stranded on a desert island? This is what I asked wrestling's finest in and out of the ring, behind the scenes or behind a microphone. Over the next few days, we are going to take a look at some highlights from visitors to Cultaholic Island throughout the past year. My name is Tom Campbell and this is part one of the best of Desert Island Graps 2022. One of our first visitors to Cultaholic Island was TikTok star Professor Nick Harrison. Now, he gained a following by recreating wrestlers' entrances on the TikTok app, and it took him all the way to WWE television, which he told us all about. We were in the middle of a test, and the test had ended, and this is when the TikTok had really started to grow, and I had... Over, I'm, I'm, I believe I was over 100,000 or so followers at the time. Uh, I can't, I can't even remember the exact follower count, but it was pretty good. And the kids were like, "Can we make a TikTok?" I said, "Sure." So one of the kids had an idea to do a TikTok of me entering the classroom as the Undertaker. And I said, "Sure." So I had somebody go to the back of the classroom and work the lights. So they turned the lights out with the gong and. Then I walk in, and when I raise my arms up, they turn the lights back on. And WWE saw it and started following me and sent me a message. And I was so that's what was crazy to me. Where I get this message in my inboxes from WWE, I was like, WWE, you have to follow somebody back in order to get a message from. So they're following WWE's following me? Okay. <laughs> Um, and uh, they sent me a message that was like, yeah, we, we love your content. Uh, would you like to come on our morning show, The Bump? And I said, yeah. <laughs> what, what actually happened, uh, to be candid, what actually happened was I see the message, and before I respond, I ask the person that's working in the classroom with me to uh, watch the kids so I can walk out for a second. And I walk and I go into this breezeway that's right around the corner and I immediately just start sobbing, like loudly crying, because this is, you know, you know, we talk about, and you asked me earlier, you know, have was there ever a time where you just, you know, wanted to be a professional wrestler, where you wanted to be in the business? And, you know, I was working with the independent promotion at the time, but everything had stalled because we were in the middle of a pandemic. 
Uh, so I was like, so this was to me, you know, the height of validation of what I'm doing. You know, they they see what I'm doing. I, I I felt seen in that moment more than I'd ever been, uh, more than I ever felt seen before, uh, because they were just, you know, they they wanted me to be on it. They really wanted me to be on because I told them, you know, we're in the middle of testing, so I can't do it right now. They're like, okay, just we'll we'll find a date that we want you to come on. And they kept, you know, up, up with me and they kept asking and I would tell them, you know, this is when I can do it because I ended up doing, if you remember watching the bump, I was in a hotel room. Mm-hmm. I was at a teaching conference in new Orleans at the time. Uh, because I, I, but I had to fit this in my schedule somehow. So it's like, we'll just do it here while I'm on the, and I, mi- I missed a couple of sessions to do this, but they totally understood because it's freaking WWE. So getting the chance to talk to those guys was just the height of all of this stuff that I've done so far, you know, cause I had been on the bump and I uh, talked to you on cult and we had done the news thing, the, the deal on cultaholic and, uh, and we did the watch along within your house as well. And like stuff like that has really just been, you know, the coolest thing ever to me. You know, to get recognition from like somebody, a friend of mine uh, tweeted the other day about how Eric Bischoff had been on WWE and AEW programming in the same year. And I was like, yeah, I kind of feel the same way <laughs> because I've been on WWE programming and AEW had just been sharing my stuff, uh, like duets with my stuff all over uh, social media on uh, and uh, Bleacher Report had been sharing my stuff, too. And it was like just wow like this is this is crazy this is insane you know 2021 was just a crazy year for me and i I look and this is a great way to start it uh start 2022 is on graphs because graphs was something that i had wanted to do for the longest time and people have been asking for months now they're like when are you going to be on desert island graphs it's like we, we it's coming i promise it's coming I love Tom. Whenever he, whenever Tom calls, I'm going to pick up the phone. There's been many who have shone bright in 2022, but none have shone quite like Kid Bandit. After appearing on AEW Dark, all eyes were on the protagonist of professional wrestling. And we caught up with Kid Bandit in February to ask about the journey they'd been on to find out who they truly are. My partner didn't have a Halloween. Oh, we didn't have Halloween costumes that this year. Oh, last year. Because I was so busy traveling and paying for hotels and whatnot that I basically said, you know what? I will, I'll be you from last year. And I put that on and I remember posting it online. I'm like, yo. And everybody was like, yo. Well, uh, well received, and then slowly something kind of like you know my my partner was like yo, you're kind of like enjoying this way too much, uh, and I'm like I am, huh? Like you know I I I am enjoying it a little too much, you know. And then you find that aspect about yourself in front of everybody. It was terrifying. I got a lot. I got a lot of death threats from it for some reason. I'm like what? What did I do to you? You know, but it was it was amazing 
that the more I did it, the more I felt like I was being whole, you know, because as human beings, I like to think that we are creatures of, uh, un, we were, we're never completely full. We are always craving something. And this, this is true from someone like at the lowest level of poverty to the highest level of like wealth. Like you will always crave something unless like, I, I don't know if you're familiar with uh, the concept of like Nirvana and Buddhism, where when you reach, when you reach Nirvana, you don't crave things anymore. You feel whole, you, you become something that's like, you you, you 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 ascend into enlightenment like that that's the whole notion of it i i could be wrong i am not a buddhist but like i did kind of like read into that um but that's like the closest thing i could equate what i felt when i embraced it i was like i feel whole i feel like this is me and this is a part of me i didn't think or even consider was because I've had non-binary friends before and I respect them. I didn't understand it uh, fully until very, 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 very recently. But when I did, I was already on my way to that. And I realized, yeah, this this is how I reached that level of like, oh, like being complete. And I, I am lucky that you know, I found that because people would spend their whole lives not being able to embrace this specific aspect, you know, like of themselves because of persecution, maybe where they're from, it's very frowned upon. Um, I think we're lucky that being from where we, you and I are at in the world, it's a lot more tolerated, but in certain places in the world, it is punishable by death. So it's, it is very terrifying for some people to embrace that. Um, but I would, I mean, I don't know if this is okay for me to share, but like, if I, I think I'll, I'll keep the details vague, but someone from uh, that part of the world where that is, you know, punishable by death uh, reached out to me and said, they are, afraid of being themselves because of that but seeing me do it in front of the world and I get celebrated for being me helps them get through them their 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 struggles about not being whole and I mean I cried like like a baby (laughs) I I was like I was reading that like freaking like like at 2 p.m. I'm like, why am I crying? All right. This, this is such a sad story. So when they shared that to me, I was like, wow, this, you know, I never, I, and I say this a lot. I never expected I would have that effect in people. And I still don't, you know, like, cause I was just this dude that played, you know, video games all the time, trying to like, emulate who I wanted to be in the video games. And now I'm out here helping people in ways I never imagined I would. And maybe that's also what helps me feel whole about all this, but also the fact that it's, it's, I'm part of 
something bigger now. I'm bigger than who I am. And it's terrifying to like, you know, look at that and say, wow, um, I have a responsibility to people to, to be myself and be proud of that. And that's not easy if you've had self-esteem issues your whole life. So I, I am grateful that like people, you know, like me, I guess, but it is overwhelming at times. Yeah. So sorry if I it got sad. Obviously a big part of the show, the main part of Desert Island Graps is asking guests the three wrestling matches they would watch if they were stranded on a desert island. The answers are always different, or at least the reasoning is always different. And it also gives us the chance to gush about the guest's love for professional wrestling. A bit like hip-hop artist, poet, podcaster, and Twitch streamer Scroobius Pip did when he joined us for an episode of Desert Island Graps in the spring. First match to be Pip. So my f- first match is going to be a rest. It's, 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 it's for nostalgic value. I'm aware that this wrestler isn't known as one of the great wrestlers, but it's the ultimate warrior against Bobby the Brain Heenan in a weasel suit match. Oh, Because I, I had the warrior video, and there was a load on there. The Rick Rude pose-off stuff was amazing, but the weasel suit match was so perfect. Or I mean, the... Him winning the belt against Honky Tonk Man was another one that just stuck with me forever in my mind. Honky Tonk saying, I said I'd fight anyone. I didn't say I'd fight the Ultimate Warrior. But (laughs) getting to watch Heenan do what Heenan does best is perfect in this weasel suit match. And when he gets put into the weasel suit, spoiler alert, obviously he loses. (laughs) And, And when he gets put into the weasel suit, he's unconscious and just his acting as he wakes up and realises he's in a weasel suit is just it's everything I love about wrestling it's the ridiculousness of it all and Heenan was just an absolute master of going this is completely absurd yet I'm completely on board I can suspend my disbelief to um, a clearly non-wrestler Wearing a weasel suit and eventually ch- chasing his tail. It was it was it was Bobby Heenan at his absolute finest because yeah. he he understood he understands the assignment as the kids say because he yeah. the moment he realised he had that suit on I remember the first thing I think of is him doing that pratfall in the ring slipping over his own tail round yeah. and round and also the, what you learn about that match the more respect because he got injured in that very short burst with Warrior he yeah. did himself an injury as, didn't he as many people did yeah. <laughs> From why with in the very short burst with the warrior, but yeah, um, yeah, I didn't know that. Yeah, it was. I think it was on the press slam. Heenan came down badly, yeah. uh, dropped a little bit too quick for his liking. But uh, you know, you wouldn't know, and he gutted through it. Um, yeah. Where would you have been? How old would you have been when you saw this for the first time? So I will have been, I don't know. I guess eight or nine, maybe. I know that was around the time of initially getting into wrestling through videos, and then. My aunt Angela had Sky. We couldn't afford Sky at the time. And that was where the wrestling was. So she had recalled events for us as well and dropped them round. So, yeah, we're looking at, you know, Warrior Hogan, Macho Man era. But also, like, the forgotten ones of people like... I loved the model Rick Martel at the time and Mr Perfect was someone I've gone to appreciate more and more as years gone by the two 
a Jake the Snake being involved in two of my favourite feuds, his Macho Man one where he got bit with he bit Macho got bit with the snake. Um, I remember being genuinely emotional, and his Rick Rude one where Rick Rude had Jake's wife on his his trunks. Oh um, yes, and pulls that down. And again, just the stories there were just <laughs> ridiculous. But yeah, that whole era was my introduction. Desert Island Graps is also a chance to get to know wrestlers in a new way. When Kennedy Copeland, Deathmatch Superstar, joined us, we discovered a bit about the unlikeliness of being on the Deathmatch scene at all. Your first one was a happy accident. Mm-hmm. Um, it's my what? whole life. <laughs> Sometimes I was best. a happy accident. Okay. Oh, were you? Were you told I'm that? Not, I think. I don't know. I mean, I was the. I'm number six out of six. Definitely a so, happy like, accident. Chances are, if you're the last one, yeah, come on. <laughs> unless, unless your folks really like even numbers. <laughs> Maybe I just I don't know. Mine tell me all the time that you. I don't know if you saw my shoot name when I logged on there, but that's. They were like, oh, we wanted to name one of our kids that. I'm like, you couldn't have named the first five. <laughs> <laughs> I just kept forgetting. So I <laughs> no, I, my uh, my younger brother um, is is the family's happy accident. We all laugh about it now. Ah, it's fine. But he was he's he, a happy one. Oh, yeah. He's, he's yeah. turned out all right 30 years later. He's done all right. <laughs> But it is funny. It is. Well, it's, it, it comes up in conversation most times when we're together and go, hey, look, you you weren't meant to be here. So, <laughs> so get a round of drinks in. Um, but uh, <laughs> it's the least you can do. So the, the happy accident happens. What goes through your head? Because um, obviously you're very screw it. Let's do it type mentality. But what yeah. goes through your head as you're as you're waiting to go out for what you weren't expecting to be a death match, hardcore match, what is now going to be just just nonsense? How it goes through your head? Um, so, again, I think it has to do with being hard headed. I remember talking to, to G Raver and I was like, yeah, like, I, you know, I I studied. I watched all this stuff and I love, you know, your drop kick off of the, the apron and all that. He's like, do you do you really want to take all of this? <laughs> He's like, we don't, we don't have to. Like, this is G Raver saying this. And I was like, no, dude, like, you don't understand. So I I literally told him, I was like, I'm fueled by spite. Um, so I don't think anybody would ever see me like in this position. And like, this is this is my chance. You know what I mean? Like, this is my chance to like grab people's attention and stuff. Um, and also to like prove all, you know, I always say you should do things for yourself and not for other people, but like. I allowed an exception. I was like, I want to prove all those people that I don't think I can do this. I want to prove them wrong. So he was like, all right, let's do it then. So it was, I, of course I was nervous, but it was, I tried to just be more focused on like determination. <laughs> so again, I was just being stubborn. Um, in the match then, I don't know how much of it you remember from it. Um, <laughs> Cause I can imagine there was a, there's a lot of blurs uh, in that Actually, time that you were out there. I, I remember a lot, you know, it, it was, that is like something I can pinpoint where like, okay, my life is going to be different from here on out. So I remember a lot of it. So what was there a moment, was there a particular moment that sticks out to you that in that match where you went, yeah, this is, this is what we're doing from now on. This is all different. Um, I have to say the first thing that pops up in my head is, uh, so Raver lifted me up, um, for like a razor's edge but there was a, an ironing board in the corner. And I was just like, I was literally like, okay, this is what we're doing. And then <laughs> it's just been kind of the, 
that's just been kind of the theme because it for takes the rest a of my lot. career because <laughs> it, it you know it's a, people who don't do the the great things that you do it's the whole idea is that it's it's all controlled and it's and it's uh well put together but you've almost got to like you say you've got to let it happen you've got to the, the mm-hmm. more you sort of you you fight you have to fight your body's instincts to tense up as yeah. you're hitting these things because otherwise you can do damage if you do right right and i think like I'm also, it's very cliche, but I'm kind of getting to the point where I do believe that things happen for a reason. So like, you know, all throughout school and everything, I'd have panic attacks and stuff. And like, I'd always remember the piece of advice, like literally just ride the wave. Like don't, you can't fight it because that makes it worse. So I, I remember thinking like, I'm up there over his shoulders, about to be thrown into an object in the corner. None of that is natural. And I was like, just ride the wave, <laughs> just ride it. The story of how wrestlers found wrestling is always varied. I think of all the visitors to Cultaholic Island, I think stardom champion and ice ribbon star Tekla's discovery of the Graps is probably my favorite. In my late teens, after I graduated from high school, um, that's when I first went to a show, more by accident, really. I was into, I was into going to punk shows and stuff, So, and then I just randomly walked into a wrestling show that was at the at a local venue and uh was i've immediately fell in love with that with the chaos and the and everything the thing was called a rock and roll wrestling bash right so we were into rock and roll we didn't know about wrestling it was like hey that, that, that sounds pretty cool and there was like a there was like punk bands playing in between and then you had the wrestling right and it was all very flashy like later on i found out that it's like a it's like a german um you know, I don't know. It's like a couple of wrestlers, mostly from Germany. Um, and they were touring during that time. So I think Boris the Butcher, a guy called Boris the Butcher, was uh, definitely stayed in my in my memory. And what he, especially because he was like, he came into the ring and he was carrying around a dead chicken, like a like a real dead chicken without without its its feathers, right? And he was starting like to to beat his opponent with the chicken. And and at some point the chicken just fell apart and it it just it was just thrown into the crowd right it's like chicken everywhere you know and the audience like we were all standing at ringside you know we we could like hit the mat it was crazy you know we were just right there and people in the audience started to throw around parts of the chicken oh, and it hit my and it hit my friend in the face and she just turned around she thought somebody wanted to pick a fight with her and then she had blood on her face and I was like what the fuck is happening here <laughs> what is what is this place this is crazy what, what, are, you, what are people doing <laughs> I was like this is amazing <laughs> I mean I had I had I had never been to anything like that I had been to crazy punk shows and rock and roll shows but that was just a little bit too much I was like okay I have to know about this thing. And and honestly, I've never been to a crazy show like that ever again. That was the craziest <laughs> thing I've ever seen in wrestling, I think. But just the, the look on my friend's face, she was like, and then she looks on the ground and it's and she she picks it up and it's this piece of chicken. And she's like, hit me in the face. And I'm like, what? <laughs> and, then, and then I look at my bag and there was like blood from the chicken on my back. I was like, what? I was like, this is, I like this. I don't know. (laughs) 
If you thought the only way to get a more defined jawline with natural-looking results was through surgery, think again. Juvederm Volux XC is a non-surgical injectable gel filler that improves moderate to severe loss of jawline definition and can help you achieve natural-looking results with little downtime. Even better, this improved definition lasts up to one year with optimal treatment. No maintenance required. Improve jawline definition for a smooth, sculpted look with Juvederm Volux XC. For important safety information and to find a licensed specialist, visit Juvederm.com. That's J-U-V-E-D-E-R-M.com. Not for people with severe allergic reactions, allergies to lidocaine, or the proteins used in Juvederm. Common side effects include injection site redness, swelling, pain, tenderness, firmness, lumps, bumps, bruising, discoloration, or itching. There's a risk of unintentional injection into a blood vessel, which can cause vision abnormalities, blindness, stroke, temporary scabs, or scarring. Talk to a licensed specialist to find out if it's right for you. One size fits all seems like a good idea for clothes until you try them on. Same goes for healthcare. That's why United Healthcare offers flexible, budget-friendly coverage for medical, vision, dental, and more. Learn more at uh1.com. This is Paige, the co-host of Giggly Squad, and I want to tell you about a company that I've been loving, Olive and June. Olive and June gives you Everything that you need for a salon-quality manicure in one box. And if you break it down, it really comes out to $2 a manicure, which is absolutely insane. It's also so easy to get salon-worthy nails at home with Olive in June. The difference between how your nails used to look when you did them yourself and now with the Manny system is a complete game-changer. The best thing about Olive in June, too, is it's a quick dry. Dries in about one minute, lasts for five days, and full coverage in up to one to two coats. Visit oliveandjune.com slash perfectmanny20 for 20% off your first system. That's oliveandjune.com slash perfectmanny20 for 20% off your first system. I've been asked several times how I seek out guests for Desert Island Graps, and it comes in many different ways. Some are heroes of mine that I want to chat to, some are in the news for whatever reason, some I stumble across, like the night where Alex, my wife-to-be, and I sat down to watch a Paul Hollywood documentary about his trip to Japan. And that was there, it was there where he met Ladybeard, a death metal singer in a schoolgirl outfit. Well, immediately we fell in love with him. Alex said, you must get Ladybeard on Cultaholic. And about a week later, we were together on Zoom talking all about wrestling. Basically what happened, isn't it? It's a bit, it's a bit more, it's okay, so it's a long story. I'm gonna try and give you a very abbreviated version of events. For those listening, uh, who are only listening and can't see, my name's Lady Beard. I'm from Australia, I now live in Japan. I'm a cross-dressing wrestler and metal singer. Here's how that happened. Um, went through acting school in Australia, and uh, then I was training with a guy on Jackie Chan's stunt team who said, you should go to Hong Kong, because I'm also a martial artist. So this, really, this is how I got into wrestling, you see, from martial arts and then via stunts. So he said, you should go to Hong Kong. I moved to Hong Kong. I became an actor and a stunt actor and a voice actor in Hong Kong. And that's where I actually started wrestling, because I was always interested in wrestling, because it kind of, you know, wrestling puts together all the things I was naturally interested anyway, which is, you know, martial arts and big character performance and all this kind of stuff um but in hong kong was the first time it was actually accessible to me so i started training because of the stunts background i learned relatively quickly um i had my first month uh, sorry my first match after i'd only been training for a month and uh i went out there 
they said before the match, you know, what's your gimmick going to be? And I said, uh, I'm going to wear a dress and be called Ladybeard because uh, I've been a cross-dresser since the age of 14. That's another conversation we could have in a, in a while as well. Um, I went out there, uh, did my first match. Didn't really know what I was doing, but overnight became the most popular wrestler in Hong Kong. And so uh, then I started a music career singing heavy metal covers of Cantonese pop songs. And then I did a tour to Japan uh, singing heavy metal covers of Japanese pop songs and including wrestling in the show. And that went extremely well. So I moved to Japan. Photos of me went viral on the internet. And now I'm a celebrity. <sighs> it's, it's, your, it's your age old story. It's the it's a, it's a tailor's oldest time. You know what? You know what, my, my, my lawyer grandfather, my lawyer father, <laughs> they, they could predict this coming from a mile away, couldn't they? My father was a cross-dressing wrestling metal singer before me. His father was a cross-dressing wrestling metal singer before him. <laughs> and his father was a vet. As we've already said, sometimes the three matches aren't center stage of an episode of Desert Island Graps. When Tom Hannafin joined us for a chat, of course, he came prepped with the trifecta of tussles that he would take to the Desert Island. But there were other things that we ended up talking about, like the uncomfortable business of being let go from WWE. I loved working with Triple H. He gave me so many opportunities, uh, especially within NXT, to... Uh, to grow, to fail, to succeed. So I'm extremely grateful for that. I think the one thing I'll uh, always hold very dear was uh, the, we talked about the pandemic, April of 2020. Unfortunately, there were a myriad of layoffs um, and some within the announce team. It was a very difficult day for obviously those people that lost their jobs that were furloughed. So I'm not going to underscore that, um, uh, underestimate that. But at the same time, having to interact with those people um, having to be left, you know, still standing. There's that thing people talk about in terms of survivor's guilt or something like that. Yeah, and survivor's remorse. It, it broke my heart because there were a handful of people that, um, you know, uh, I had recruited and had only been in the company for a very short amount of time. And I remember Triple H just checking on everybody that day, everybody. And I, I was not okay. And he calmed me down and he just, you know, pulled me aside and had some very nice things to say. And I just, uh, I'll never forget him for that. So I appreciate that. Um, you went through a similar thing. Uh, it was last year. Um, if you don't mind me just asking, and then we're, we're going to move on to, to brighter things because there's lots of bright <laughs> things. Um, how did you, how did you find out that you were being let go? Yeah, it was, uh, I was flying back from a show. Um, I can't remember what it was. Uh, I got an email that I had, a. Uh, hop on a call uh, with uh, human resources. And you usually don't get that call for any reason other than that. And unfortunately, I'd been on the other side of that a handful of times through my time, as you talked about it, was a manager within the announce team. So I'd been on the other side of that fence. So I kind of knew what was coming. And it was still just, I think I landed, got home, and it was a couple hours maybe until that phone call happened. And I was still just kind of like, like trying to wrap my head around that this is happening. Then even the phone call, it just happened. I knew exactly what was going to be said, how it was going to go, because I'd, I'd done it. And that's, you know, the, oh. the double-edged sword there. So uh, I think once the phone call was over, uh, I just, I genuinely felt this overwhelming sense of relief. And in a good way, this kind of like, what do I do now? Um, so it was just, it, it was really difficult. The uh, response on social media 
I, I never would have guessed was going to happen. I was blown away. I had so many people reach out to me personally. Uh, I was blown away because I, I thought for years within WWE that um, <laughs> that fans didn't really care for my work. <laughs> so oh my. Uh, to see fans say that, and then especially colleagues, uh, uh, Dax Harwood from FTR said one of the nicest things about me. I can't remember it verbatim, but just uh, that broke me. I started crying. Uh, you know, I, a lot of guys that contacted me and I, I called up that day that just uh, were so supportive and been supportive to this day. And, you know, a lot of people talk about mental health nowadays, and I'm a big proponent of it. I've been in therapy for two plus years and uh, having so many people check in on me for months and months and months now, you know, uh, approaching a year just to check in and say hi and how are things going, et cetera. It does a world of good for anybody in your life. So I encourage people to do that. Staying with Impact Wrestling, we had a visit from former Impact Wrestling star Eric Young, who opened up about his love for the UK, well, namely West Ham, and how it secretly inspired part of his biggest WWE moment to date. I know you're a keen hockey fan, uh, but I know you're a bit of a footy man too. Are we going to squeeze in a Hammers game before you go back? Yeah, we, we tried our best either. They're they're playing at uh, uh London Stadium tonight. Mm. Uh, so th this uh the media thing and and uh necessary beers and, and good times with some good people after is necessary. So West Ham will have to take a backseat, but you know, I'm sure they'll have it on and I'll be following along. Big one for them tonight. When did you become a Hammers fan? Yeah, I, I feel like I've I've kind of always loosely followed the Premier League. I played soccer my whole life, soccer for me, football for you guys. Um, played all through grade school, um, tried out for uh, starting keeper in ninth grade, made the team and, and played as the starting goalkeeper for my, my team in high school, all through high school. Played a couple years of travel indoor soccer after that. Um, yeah, have always loved it, but really didn't have any skin in the game. I, you know, I had no affiliation with any team, so I just walk it, watch it when I could. Um, and then kind of just started following West Ham loosely. I don't really remember how or when. That's a long time ago. Um, but I guess I was here eight or 10 years ago and a good friend of mine, James Ford, him and all of his buddies and his dad and his brother are all diehard West Ham fans have been that way their whole life. And I said, okay, that's it. That's my team. And uh, the sanity, the gear that I wore in sanity in NXT had the purple, the maroon and the blue on it. So that's, that was a, a nod, a nod to West Ham. I didn't get a championship belt like Triple H got, but I could even get free tickets. Whoever runs their social media, get on it. Six hundred thousand <laughs> social media followers. What the hell is going on? So, so the the sanity gear is a, is has a little bit of a nod to to West Ham United on it. Yeah, yeah. That's all amazing. all Demo and uh, or Killian uh, Wolf Nikki. We all had elements of maroon and blue. Everyone kind of had their own thing and their own colors. But I kind of came up with the kind of the rule that you had to have maroon and light blue on it. So we would all have like a thread that like kind of connected us as a team. Well, I think now they know that I think it'd be rude for them to not, you know, throw some tickets your way. It'd be rude. Well, he isn't even a fan. He carried a hammer one time. <laughs> he carried a hammer once and suddenly he's a hammer. Furious, furious. <laughs> Eric Young there when he was part of Impact Wrestling. I have a feeling it won't be long 
until we're talking about Eric Young again, you know. I'm just putting that out there. That's part one of the best of Desert Island Graps for 2022. Come back tomorrow because Killer Kelly uh, is talking about some very personal stuff with her family on the show tomorrow. Another Desert Island Graps guest that was discovered through the power of Netflix. We meet a UK wrestling best kept secret plus... We have Fraser Porter taking over Cultaholic Island as both a visitor and a host. That's tomorrow on the best of Desert Island Graps 2022. Stay safe and love you. Bye. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash trip for free shipping and 365-day returns. Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High-quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high-end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style. For all the wrestling headlines in just 10 minutes, search Cultaholic Wrestling News on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts from. 